Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the Neutral Game Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Mirdrug, aka Real Soviet Bear, and with me is Six, aka Six to Six Four. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. We've been playing a new fighting game recently. A new fighting game? My goodness. Yeah, there have been a few new fighting games, mm -hmm. so we're not going to be talking about them's fighting herds yet, but we're going to be talking about Dragon Ball fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it seems like 2018 is going to be pretty exciting for the genre. So, yeah, there's a Soul Calibur six coming out. There's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, um, so recently, uh, last month actually, Dragon Ball Fighters released, uh, published by Namco, since they do all of the Dragon Ball, uh, video games, and developed by Arc System Works, mm -hmm. which I think we mentioned in the previous episodes. They did. They do have a history of doing licensed fighting games for other companies. Um, they did they did so for uh, Fist of the North Star, uh, Sengoku Basara, uh, and now Dragon Ball. So it's not without precedent. Persona as well. Yeah, Persona as well. That was the most recent one. Mm -hmm. um, and now this came out, and people were pretty excited about it. I'd say because I think it was a combination of oh, hey, this looks really good, but also, hey, we were really not keen on Marvel Infinite and this looks like what we wanted Marvel Infinite to be. Mm -hmm. um, now that I'm, I don't play Marvel, so that's just the impression I got from people who do play. Um, and yeah, it, it did really well. Apparently the first week they shipped 2 million copies, which uh, for reference that is... Uh, shipped copies is like they sent it to retail stores, not that they actually sold them, but of, it is indicative of actual demand for the game. Well, and anecdotally along those lines, um, I went to go pick up a copy at about uh, like the Best Buy that I go to for games because I have their Gamers Club or whatever that gives me a discount, um, opens at 10 a.m., and I went at 10.05 to pick up a copy of the game, and they were all out. And I haven't seen, I haven't seen a major video game retailer be all out of of games when I went to get a copy like right at launch, in like five years. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, especially for a fighting game. Mm -hmm. um, also on Steam, it uh, reached forty four thousand concurrent players uh, on release day, which is absolutely baffling for like any game. Um, let alone a fighting game like that is a ridiculous number. Right? That's not like that's a number that even Tekken Seven didn't get. Mm -hmm. So it it has done very well, and we want to go over maybe like why it went down so well and what our impressions are. Mm -hmm. Um, and I say we can go over um how the game plays and. I think you're more qualified to actually say this because it is a mix of King of Fighters and Marvel, and I feel you've played both of the games more than I have. That's that's probably true. So I think as far as um like the the distinction, I feel like and I'm I'm you know we have our our notes laid out, and I'm kind of skipping around a bit to to try and draw a good picture here. But like for the most part, it is similar to Marvel Two or Marvel Three. But um, I feel like the main thing that they do to differentiate it and bring in a little of the, the KOF style is that when you kill a character, um, in Marvel, the next character just jumps in and the, the action doesn't really break up. Um, and then uh, in KOF, obviously, when you beat a character, then sort of everything resets to neutral as the new character jumps in and you have a clean start as though it's the start of a new round. Um, and so Dragon Ball Fighters does the KOF thing. Action stops and then everything... Uh, resumes from neutral, which um, is one of the things that started to define Marvel 3 especially, though it was also really big in Marvel 2, was the concept of the incoming setup, where, like, you kill a character and then you're, like, setting up, like, a network of traps and, and various garbage so that the person, as they jump into the fight, is already kind of screwed. Um, and it was one of the least approachable things about Marvel. So I can totally see why they got rid of that. I think there's probably several reasons they did that, like, aside from it being more approachable, I think it's also because, um, the, the cinematics that can usually, like, um, kind of, like, happen when you kill somebody, like, when you defeat their character, if you kill them with a super, or you 
uh, defeat them with a heavy and then do the stage transition. Uh, it's kind of hard to do all the jumping around with the camera and then also expect somebody to do a setup. Uh, but also, I've noticed that when playing, uh, since you can switch characters mid-round without, you know, going back to neutral just by, like, calling them in, because it's so risky and so easily punishable, they probably figured, oh, well, you know, we don't want people to essentially just lose all three characters in a row, like, they need, a, you know, a breather or an advantage or something if they do lose. Yeah. It's also interesting, um... I feel like the um, the sort of a round reset, you know, like the cinematic finishes and, you know, the, the reset to neutral, and also uh, the way they do supers in this game with the cinematic camera and, you know, they're just usually the animations are longer than most things in Marvel fighting games. I feel like this game is very aware of how fast-paced and frantic uh, Marvel can be and has a bunch of built-in ways to give you a second to breathe, and I really appreciate it. Yep, uh, there's a lot of built-in stuff with uh, not just supers, but some basic mechanics even kind of freeze time for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can go over that uh, in more detail later. Um, but there's also a lot of other stuff that I feel makes it approachable. I, I guess the uh, first thing that people uh, notice is that it has an auto-combo system for all three buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has four. The game has like four basic buttons, which is light, medium, heavy, and special. Special being your uh, projectile or fireball move, and then light, medium, and heavy are corresponding intensities of a hit. So, which is standard issue fighting games. But what um, uh, Dragon Ball does is it it takes the auto combo that they've used in Persona, um, and I think it's also like in KOF fourteen when SNK. Uh, released recently, that if you keep pressing one button, um, your character will do a basic bread and butter combo uh, that might not be optimal uh, or as damaging, but uh, it lets you easily actually capitalize on uh, what the opponent's doing. And what happens in Dragon Ball a bit is um, there are some unique normals, I think, uh, where... Uh, let's say you have, like, light, light, light as your auto combo. Uh, some characters may have the second light in that combo be a unique move that's only actually that second light. Like, it, you can't do it on your own, uh, like Raw. So what I've been seeing people doing is... Um, it, it's not a thing that's being used by beginner players only, but I've seen advanced players kind of trying to game the system. Um... For example, um, for example, Cell has a medium kick that he does, and that's his first move in the auto combo. But because people want to connect two of those kicks in a row, uh, and they can because it will turn into a different move because of the auto combo system, they've kind of gamed the timings, and so what they do is they do the kick, and they wait long enough for the oppo- for, for the window for the auto combo to end, and then connect it in an actual combo with the second kick. Huh. So you have, like, those kind of situations as well. So it seems it's more... It's less of a helper system. Like, it boils down to being that. But it's more like, hey, this is the framework in which the normals and moves in this game work, and now people are trying to figure out, okay, how can I essentially do the same thing I've been doing with basic normals and other fighting games and just create my own combos mm-hmm. with the auto combo. I also have one of those with uh, with Frieza that I end up doing a lot. Um, the second hit of Frieza's light auto combo is like he throws out his hand and like grabs you with telekinesis, which has really good range. Um, it can hit people pretty far away, and also they don't have to be right on the ground either. And so often if I have like a beam assist or something, I'll throw out the beam assist and then start hitting light because if the beam hits, you know, that first auto attack is whiffs because they're nowhere near me. But the follow up, the telekinesis will grab them out of the beam and let me combo. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm kind of glad it turned to uh, turn out to not be this stylish mode that Arc System usually does, but it's actually its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I I really like that they finally done, and they haven't done this since, well, like probably Sengoku Basara, um, is how they use the super meter. Uh, so in 
and Dragon Ball, essentially you don't use a percentage of your meter like you do in um, uh, other fighting games like Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue. Uh, instead, what you do is when the meter fills up, you get a stock of super. So it goes up to seven. You can have up to seven stocks of your super. And that is your currency for doing a lot of things. It's your currency for doing supers, uh, for doing powered-up versions of your special moves, uh, and for using Vanish, which is this game's weird combo cancel, but also a defensive option at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that's much more straightforward than what, say, you know, Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue do, where it's percentages of a bar, and then you have to keep track which action requires how much percentage of the bar, and it's really hard to, you know, figure that out until you've played the game long enough. In this one, it's just, you look at a number, you know how much something costs to do, and you just do it. So there's very little, because the game is so fast-paced, there's very little hurdles from you getting the information on screen to you executing an action. There's very little, like, going over in your head, oh, can I do this? What should I do now? Mm-hmm. And there are, I think, some some downsides to that as well. Like, I do think that the EX moves, the powered-up moves, costing the same bar as a super, often I don't think they're as useful as a super, but you gain so much meter when you're doing well that it doesn't matter that much, I guess. Yeah, um, it definitely isn't that useful at start, and I've noticed both playing online and with people offline that very few people use EX versions of moves, but as the match goes on, uh, the super meter uh, fills up faster, so eventually you it ends up being worth it in some instances. It's really on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. That's that's certainly fair to say. Um, I, I'd say that pr- probably the kind of like thing that evens out is that uh, EX moves are pretty, like, strong and hard to punish, but, like, supers, uh, you can very easily poke someone out from a super startup. Like, mm-hmm. that that's something that's very weird about this game for me, that there are so, that basically universally, if somebody does a level, like, a, a, su- a regular super or a level 3 super, which costs 3 bars, um, you can just poke them out before it even starts, and they'll still lose the meter. So it's not a thing you're meant to use just, you know, raw in front of the enemy. It's It feels like it's expected that you'll combo with it. Yeah, and it's interesting because a lot of characters don't have meterless reversals in this game. A lot of characters don't have a very good uh, get-off-me move without spending bar. And so that makes that makes the startup on some of these moves hurt even more. Well, technically, you do have the get-off-me with the reflect, except it's ridiculously hard to do. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Yeah, the reflect uh, is essentially a universal mechanic where if you press back and your special special button, your character kind of does this very anime thing of just deflecting um, whatever's coming at them with their uh, arm, like just with with one hand. Uh, and it works, I think, against everything that's not a grab. Like it even you can even reflect supers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to um, mash it during a super, but you can you can deflect all the hits of a beam, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it. I don't think it let. I don't think it gives you an advantage. It's just a give me space, but you're both at neutral, and you can both continue fighting immediately. I don't think there's, like, a way to combo from a reflect into a punish immediately. Mm-mm. And I think it does also re- uh, remove the chip damage that some moves do. Yeah, but it seems like chip damage in this game is, like, ridiculously low. I- I've, yeah. blocked, I've blocked supers, and I didn't even see my health move. Yeah, I actually, I actually forgot to put it on the notes, but that's one of my complaints, which I guess we'll talk about. Um... Is, is how chip yeah. works in this game. Uh, yeah. It has the, the a different system. I guess we can, like... Uh, yeah, I'd say, like, we should probably just mention the Spark as well. Um, mm-hmm. Which is this game's X-Factor, or combat mechanic. Um, and essentially what it does is it lets you regenerate health, um, it makes your character faster, deal more damage, and able to cancel and do moves in general much more faster. 
And what it does is it scales based off of how many characters you have alive. So if you have one character alive, it's super powerful. But if you have three, it's very weak and lasts a very short time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I, I don't feel it's as powerful as you know Marvel's comeback mechanic, but it still it still feels like it's a game changer. It, it always feels like oh they have one character left, I have the advantage of three characters, but they still might beat me. Mm-hmm. It's also the I feel like the biggest um, difference between it and Marvel's version is that uh, Marvel's X Factor is like a is like a hard cancel. You can cancel out of anything into X Factor and be safe. Or, you know, continue a combo using X-Factor. Uh, Sparking Blast in uh, Dragon Ball is not safe. It is extremely yeah. not safe. So if you just sort of hit it randomly as someone's charging in, you're going to get bopped. And it sucks. Um, it's still the, the, the actual bubble when you do spark does damage. It's kind of like the old Blaze Blue uh, Golden Burst. Mm-hmm. So if you time it right and somebody, say, dashing into you, uh, the explosion might actually hit them and knock them back but in general timing that is very difficult Mm -hmm. but it's it's not like bursting in say guilty gear like if you can't um spark on uh block it block and actually that's one thing i feel worth is worth mentioning this is one of the game the fighting game i've played with the worst blocking like blocking gives you such an advantage in this game it is ridiculous yeah, because you can't you can't while you're in Blockstone, you can't tag in anybody. You can't really punish that many moves. A lot of moves are really fast and really safe, or they can be made safe by your opponent's um, uh, assists. So what ends up happening is it becomes a very momentum based game. Um, so if you're if you're blocking, you lost momentum, and the only way to actually regain momentum is to stop blocking and start hitting your opponent. It's it's mm-hmm. it's very punishing when you're on a defense. And it's weird that this game has such weak defensive options, generally speaking, because it feels like that's one of the things that fighting games have more and more trended towards. Like, you know, Marvel Infinite, the latest Marvel game, has a mechanic where you can, like, spend meter while you're being comboed to tag, to tag in your partner and try and, you know, knock them out of things. Um, and just there's there's really no focus on that kind of that kind of thing in Dragon Ball. Yeah, you, you can while blocking, you can spend meter to get in uh, your assist, but in general, you have to time it with the actual block. So like, you can't be holding block on several moves and then just press assist. You have to actually let go and block and do an assist at the same time as the move is connecting. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about? Um, since we kind of like we did go a bit back and forth about um, uh, comparing this to Marvel, uh, how do you feel Vanish uh, affects the dynamic of DBZ? It's weird. So I don't use Vanish as much as most other people. Um, partially because I'm bad at combos, and then like as a punish, I I don't find it that useful. Though I mean, it seems like I'm probably wrong about that. Um. But the fact that there's, like, pretty much, if if you, if a move whiffs, it is always unsafe to someone with one bar. Or if if they see it coming, it is always unsafe to someone with one bar. And that's, that's pretty cool, honestly. I think it's really neat to have this dynamic to make sure that you can always shift the momentum if you need to with one good read. I think that's really good for the game. Yeah, yeah, like, again, because, like, it's so momentum-based, um, in case we didn't go over what Vanish actually does, Vanish is the, I guess, the anime button, I'd call it that, because it it does the, (laughs) just thinking about it, it's ridiculous, when you do, when you do Vanish, your character vanishes and reappears behind the opponent, and then you're free to hit them, um, of course, they can, if they predict you're doing that, they can punish you. But what also happens is, if the opponent vanishes in reaction to your vanish, then they teleport behind you after you have teleported. But then you can chain that and then do another vanish. Um, and it, it's it's this weird tool that helps you catch up to the opponent if, say, you're comboing him and you throw him far away. And then you can vanish and 
and then behind him and continue your combo. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if somebody does a super, you can vanish behind them and then hit them while they're doing the super. Yeah, and I feel like that that usage I see a lot is the, the vanish to punish a super, and it feels like it actually doesn't make sense that much in the game that we're playing, right? To me. Um, in a game that had more chip, I could see it being a really useful technique, but vanishes don't do very much damage. They're hard or in some cases impossible to combo after. And, like, you're spending a bar for a lot of these punishes where you're like, I'm going to punish this, you know, level one Goku Kamehameha with a vanish attack. It's like, just save the meter and counter super afterwards. You're wasting your meter. Well, it, it depends very much on, like, what you're using, like, which character. Mm. Um, because there are ways to... Uh, just do a basic follow-up after a vanish, because if you haven't used your Dragon Rush, which, again, is another mechanic, which is essentially... In Dragon Ball, like in the anime, when they need to fly to an area, and you see them just flying and glowing to get to, I don't know, Namek, or the canyon, or wherever they fast travel in Dragon Ball, that is basically this. So you go super fly, uh, you ignore projectiles, um, and and you reach the opponent. And you can do that once per uh, jump. So, like, if you jump and do Dragon Rush and start comboing, uh, you can't do another Dragon Rush until you land on the ground. So what you can do is, like, you vanish behind the opponent, the vanish hits them, you press Dragon Rush, and I think you can reach your opponent fast enough to actually start hitting them. Now, I'm glad you just made this mistake, because I see this mistake made a lot. Um, And it's because the terminology is a little confusing. Uh, Dragon Rush is actually DBZ's terminology for a throw. Uh, oh, okay. The mechanic you're referring to is the super dash. Oh, okay. So. I my bad. Yeah. yeah okay, no so the super dash then. Um, the Dragon Rush is a throw, which is not even a throw. It's just a it bypasses the block, but it's just you hit the opponent with a million fists. Mm-hmm. Um, also very anime. Um, in general, this game's presentation is very on point. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I think makes it easier for people to, to get into the game is just like they do a really good job of making basically everything you do seem really cool. Like even just like if you just do a basic like uh, deflect on a key blast, which is like the other person hit X and then you hit back an X, your character like swats the attack aside and it flies in the background and like hits an object in the background, which explodes. It's like that looks really cool for such a simple interaction. So. Yep, um, they they went all in on the details, but yeah, I I do I do like vanish. It feels like a good tool. Um, it definitely feels like a unique tool because I thought, oh, I know how to use you know Roman cancel and guilty gear. I'll know how to use vanish. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I recently tried uh, guilty gear again, it it is definitely not used in the same context. It is completely different usage and has its own perks. Yeah. So it feels like, like I see you mentioned here, like that everybody has projectiles. I, I do feel that everybody in general has a very good set of basic tools. Like it doesn't feel like a character is just there to assist or just to do one particular gimmick. Or hey, this is a solo character. If you want to play a traditional fighting game, it feels like everybody has advantages and disadvantages. And even though it seems kind of clear right now, which the most powerful characters are, uh, based on what I've seen people talk about on uh, Twitter, social media, and just watching footage in general. Uh, I haven't really seen too many people complain on on how the game is balanced, like how... Um, it doesn't seem like it's broken, like, say, Fist of the North Star mm-hmm. uh, broken, but it, it, it seems like, yeah, it's not perfectly balanced, but we're all kind of okay with that because all the other parts are pretty cool. Yeah, the only real uh, balance-based complaining I've seen is uh, one of my favorite uh, Marvel vs. Capcom players is a guy, uh, uh, Vanith Mecha, a.k.a. Apology Man, um, who ran a Firebrand team, which is basically a team based on unblockable setups and just general, you don't get to play garbage. Um, And apparently he figured out a way to do a lot of that stuff with Piccolo, which is making other pros very angry. So. Oh, I... I, that's good because I haven't seen really too much of Piccolo. 
Yeah, no, I, I was I was glad to see it. But yeah, apparently, you know, he's got a super called uh, Hell's Own Grenade where he throws a bunch of energy balls in the air and then a second later they all crash down. And you can use that for some really gross setups, which is cool. Yeah, so. that's nice. I, I, yeah, I think people have gravitated mostly towards the obviously good characters like uh, Cell and Goku Black. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's kind of like, oh, I've seen people make Nappa work or I've seen people make... Or not that you said, I've heard of people make Piccolo work, but uh, it's kind of like, oh, we know who the strongest characters probably are, and now we're just going to need to wait a while until we see people with weaker characters just break the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like... It's still, it's it's completely new, like nobody really has any experience with this type of game. You know, you have played Marvel, you have played Guilty Gear, but it's still a hard reset. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the really interesting choices they made is that every single character has the same amount of health. Everyone has 10,000 health. And it's like, I've never seen a fighting game do that before. Except for, I guess, yeah. like, dive kick, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just want to kill everybody. Um, no, I, I think that's a good call. Um, in general, the ma- I don't think you'd need matches to last longer than they already do. And if everybody had different health, then you have to account for okay, what is the lowest health team and what is the highest health team? And then they have to figure out how long does a round actually last because, you know, the, the round lasts 300 seconds in the game and already you can kind of finish a match like, you know, in less than 60 seconds, but also sometimes it can drag out, to, you know, obscene difficulties, mm-hmm. uh, obscene lengths, uh, primarily because of the way blue health works, uh, which is essentially every move deals hard damage and deals blue health damage uh, percentage wise and blue health is the thing that regenerates when the character is tagged out or um, when you spark so if you use your Z spark your blue health starts regenerating mm-hmm. and they made the, also the interesting decision that um, level 3 supers only deal blue health damage so even though supers are pretty good, you don't really want to use them un- unless they're going to kill, or unless it's the last uh, character without a spark, because otherwise what you'll be stuck with is somebody just tagging out and recovering all the damage you did. Mm-hmm. This game does have uh, the snapback mechanic, which is from Marvel, where you can spend meter during a throw to uh, force a new character in. Uh, I'm so glad about that. Like, that is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you make pretty good use of it, I've noticed. I don't see, yeah, I don't see like too many people using it. Even when I play online or uh, offline, I don't see people just remember that it exists. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Is every time, every time I see you do it to me, I'm like, oh man, I should have done that. That's a good idea. <laughs> Your yeah. cell is back there healing back up, but it's pissing me off. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, in, in general, the matches last pretty long. So I think if they had different health, it would just go out of control. I mm-hmm. think it's fine this way. Yeah, totally. I, it's, you know, uh, it makes me worry about some characters. Like, I wonder if Android 16 would need more health to get the job done or something. But also, some people make him work. And maybe I'm just bad with him. So, I I have seen... like So far, one of the consistent things I've seen online is people say that the Cell, Goku Black, and Android 16 are probably right now the strongest characters until people figure out other things. Hmm. And it's 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 very it's very worrisome when you hear that a grappler is actually one of the best characters in the game because usually they're the worst characters in the game. Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm glad to see it. So yeah. So what team have you been rocking? Uh, so I like so far. This is the problem, right? Um, I like two characters in the game so far. I like Frieza, and I like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta, or Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta, if you want to call him that instead. Um, Frieza has really great zoning and pressure, um, and listen, it's been it's been a while. It's been coming on, like, I don't know, seven years of me playing fighting games. It's time I accept that I actually really like zoning, and I'm not the rushdown player I always wished I was. Um... And Frieza's zoning game is just really, really fun, and he's got really good control and spacing, and he's just a good time. Plus, he's Frieza, and so basically all of his animations and lines are the best. Um, and then Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta, I basically like for one attack. Mostly he's he's fine, he's fun, 
but he has his uh, quarter circle forward, his 236 uh, key attack, which is big bang attack, which is the most obnoxious projectile in the game, maybe, because it is a sort of a big ball of, of you know, of key energy that he fires forward. Um, you can't super dash through it. And also it takes a second to appear, but while it's being formed, it still has a hitbox. So you just can't get in on him. It's just this wall that he takes a second to create and then throws forward. It's very obnoxious to get in on. So, but I don't have three characters that I like. I'm still looking for a third character that I actually enjoy playing and get results with because the way this roster is built, I feel like it a lot a lot of the characters feel kind of samey to me, and I just can't find a third person that I like, and it might end up being Cell, but I just I just don't like that many characters, honestly. Oh, you mean like having three versions of Goku, two versions of Gohan, and two versions of Vegeta is too samey? Don't worry, I'm sure the DLC will make it better. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be more diverse, I'm sure. Yeah, I've been um I've been playing Cell Beerus and Hit. Um, mm-hmm. Cell I mostly picked because of the voice actor, and then it turned out that uh, he has actually really good tools. Um, I would say he's probably one of the most fleshed out characters in the game, because yeah. even though everybody has kind of the same amount of moves, like uh, of specials and everything, uh, he also has a lot of command normals, where... Oh, if you press down and your projectile button, he flies forward and does a pew-pew, or he has a built-in free teleport, or just, like, a bunch of little things uh, that make him an all-around strong character, I feel. Um, and I'm playing Beerus mostly because I've played Venom in Guilty Gear, so I was thinking, oh, okay, he has, you know, those little spheres that he shoots, uh, so maybe that will be transferable. Uh, it's really not, because hmm. his spheres are much, much weaker. Um, essentially, instead of, like, he has a projectile, but instead of, like, throwing projectiles, his primary thing is he sets up a floating sphere, which, if it touches the opponent, uh, it damages him, and then you can, like, hit the sphere with other moves and fly it towards the opponent. It's pretty fun, but... The spheres vanish if you take damage or even if you block, mm-hmm. and the opponent can fly through them with the super dash. Yeah, they feel they feel a little weaker than they should to me, honestly. I'd say at least on block they shouldn't vanish. I'm fine with them vanishing when you take damage. That's kind of okay. But mm-hmm. like on block, it feels like it should be still there uh, because otherwise, right now the only way you can actually use it is while you're comboing and setting them. Because otherwise, uh, essentially the opponent will super dash through them, and yeah, you can then punish the super dash with your anti-air and do other things, but yeah, setting it up is a bit of a chore, and ca- like when it works, it's really satisfying, but it's really hard to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my third is hit because uh, he, has, a he parry. has parries. <laughs> he has a parry, even though the parry is absolutely not good. It seems pretty good. It's got a little. It's got some startup on it, which sucks. But it can parry anything other than a throw. Uh, it can't parry supers. Yes, it can. No, maybe it doesn't t- parry supers. I've seen someone parry a super. I've been. I've had a super parried. Maybe the timing is more strict, and maybe it's only certain supers. But it definitely does. Okay, I have to look into that because every time I've tried to parry a super, it didn't work. Hmm. Um, but it's it's it has that problem where it only really punishes. Um, Heavy, heavier moves, like meteor moves, because if you parry, say, a poke, you know, the opponent can just block. Mm-hmm. Um, and the air parry is really bad, um, because it doesn't have a follow-up head that just puts you behind the opponent and he can just continue hitting you. Um, so I still need to figure out how to make that work. But mm-hmm. he has a lot of other stuff, which is a lot of stances, a lot of uh, guessing games, because he can either teleport behind you or attack you from the front and, you know, the like you're, you always leave the opponent trying to figure out, okay, where is he going to attack me from next? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and just in general, he's really bad at... Uh... Oh, I looked it up. I was wrong. It cannot parry supers. I guess I just okay. misremembered. Um, but it also... Um... He he just sucks in the air, frankly. His air options are, are pretty bad. 
Uh, yeah, he has, like, he can do a super in the air, but other than that, he has nothing aside from normals. Mm-hmm. He is a very grounded character, which, you know, it can be good. Like, it's fine in this game, depending on how you're playing. Like, if you can keep your opponent on the ground, it's okay. But a lot of the game takes place in the air, um, and a lot of moves just launch um, the, uh, the opponent in the air, so... It is noticeable that he is weak there, but I don't think it's, like, you know, like, too hindering. No. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, like, we, we've covered most of the things we like about this game. I'd say the only thing we missed is uh, I also appreciate the very simple inputs, because it's only mm-hmm. quarter circles forward and back. Um, yeah, and then the, with- there's mostly carried over between characters, so... Yes. The only exception I've seen is if you want to tag in an assist with a super, as in you're doing a regular combo and then your assist comes in and does a super, that is a half-circle input. That's about it. And I feel like I've had some trouble with the timing of that one. but Yeah, it's, it's, it feels pretty strict. That is the only complicated thing, and the worst part is I don't think even the tutorial mentions it. Like, no. I did it by accident and then had to look it up online, but other than that... Uh, Inputs are all very, very straightforward and easy to figure out. Mm-hmm. But also, the game has obviously some some issues, as as every game in existence does. Um, I'd say the the biggest one everybody complained about is just the online play uh, in general has a lot of technical issues and a bit of a presentation issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the game launched. Uh, connecting with other people, and this was also in the beta, but basically connecting uh, online with other players, whether it be through matchmaking or just hosting private matches, um, frequently it would just not work. It would tell you, uh, oh, match has been disconnected, network error, can't find room, or you'd even get kicked out of the little virtual lobby that the game has for no apparent reason. Yeah. Yeah, and those issues haven't entirely let up yet either. There's still, like, I'm, we're still getting, you know, like, room not found errors on when we try to do, uh, like, ring matches and stuff. We're still getting those issues, so. Yeah, and it, and it seems to vary. I don't know what's causing it, but for example, I had this one evening where I just couldn't connect to any match. Like, every time I'd play, it would just disconnect me, uh, and because I basically dropped out of four matches in a row that way I just had to stop playing mm-hmm. um, and then the next day it just worked fine without issues hmm. yeah there's definitely some weirdness going on there yeah they have addressed that they're looking into fixing it but by the sounds of it it's gonna need a few patches until it's fully addressed yeah the uh, the other biggest issue for me is 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 really for, for me and other poor fighting game players, which is uh, I play with a PlayStation 3 fight stick, and this is obviously, I'm, I'm playing this game on PlayStation 4. Um, most fighting games on PS4 work just fine with a PS3 fight stick. I play Blaze Blue, I play Guilty Gear, I play Gundam Versus, I play Street Fighter. Everything works just fine. Uh, guilt, uh, Dragon Ball will not recognize my fight stick for anything. I even bought a $40 adapter that's supposed to convert the signal into PS4. It still won't recognize the controller. Jeez. And uh. it's, it's as a person who, like, I just have a really hard time on pad. I am kind of clumsy with my inputs in a way that means, like, if I'm doing quarter circles, um, well, first off, I don't like doing them on a D-pad because I remember all the blisters I used to get when I only used a controller. Um, and then, so I use, a I use the, you know, the joystick, the analog stick, and about a third of the time I end up slapping the PlayStation button right in the middle of the controller while doing a, you know, a quick quarter circle, and then who knows if the move landed or not, I'm trying to get back into the game, so it's very frustrating for me that I can't use a stick. Yeah, it's, it seems like a really dumb oversight that uh, they didn't include that, if they included it in the... Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear. Yeah, it's really strange for them. I will I will just, like, my assumption will be they had some of their internal research or whatever 
just say, hey, this is the percentage of people that use non-PS4 compatible arcade sticks or devices, and they just made this decision of, okay, put it down the priority list. So that either means it'll never leave the bottom of the priority list, or it'll leave the priority list after some patches. My other assumption is maybe it has something to do with, I mean, like, as I say, Arxis has been really good about it. I don't know if Namco's been very good about it, and I'm not sure how much of the, like, the structure around the game that Namco was actually in charge of making. So maybe that's part well, of it. Well, Namco publishes Gundam Versus, and you said it works there, so I don't see why it's true. That's true. That. Hmm. That's a good point. I don't know. There could be a billion reasons. I can tell you that it's pro- it was probably low on their priority list, like, that seems most likely to me. True. And knowing how like game production goes, it's probably either gonna be there after a few patches or we're just never getting it. Yeah. Yeah, likely. How has the story mode been treating you, Mio? It's very boring. It's very boring. Uh it's I, very boring. The dialogue is actually kind of fun. Like it's not not great, but there's some interesting exchanges with like, you know, like Nappa and Yamcha getting mad at each other for, you know, Nappa killing him because it's Dragon Ball and everyone's back again. There's some fun dialogue, but, like, the actual gameplay is really grindy and bad, and Arxis has done so much better before. Yeah, uh, like, I do appreciate the little, like, exchanges, like, when you have certain characters on your team and you start a match. Like, if it's a random non-story match and you look at a special cinematic... Like, say, if you have Tien and Yamcha and you're fighting uh, a Goku clone or something like that, then you'll have a unique exchange that'll mm-hmm. play out. Um, but in general, it just takes too long to do anything. Like, you get this little world map, and the idea is you have these little areas that you go through, um, and some of those areas have opponents, and then when you enter the area that, you put, that an opponent exists on, you load into a match, you fight and then you're done, and then you can go to the next, like, area on the map until you kill the boss, and then you advance the chapter. Um, and then there's also, like, this leveling system, which reminds me a lot of Killer Instinct's uh, story mode, where it's, you gain experience, you level up your team, and they get more HP, better attacks, things like that. And considering Killer Instinct has done that, and Injustice 2 has done that in a way, and... Now Dragon Ball is doing it. There must be something going on where either all fighting game developers think this is the single player content people enjoy, or like people are actually really playing these. Yeah, it it makes me wonder. Like, I can see why there's this sort of industry wide, honestly, uh, like a like you know trend, and it's a trend that's been going on for years now. Of like, well, let's just throw RPG systems on top of, of what we got going on, right? Let's throw progression in. Let's let players feel like they're getting stronger, even if they're not getting better at the game. Um, but just, I feel like fighting games are the wrong place for that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, I'm guessing you can make it work, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's just not interesting in this game. Uh, that, that's kind of like my biggest problem. It just doesn't feel interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was something... Like if it, it's it's kind of, hmm, I guess it's it doesn't feel interesting because it takes so long between fights, which is a weird thing to say in a story mode, but it's essentially m- mission mode from Guilty Gear X or or uh, Mission of Millionaire or Medal of Millionaire mode, where you also have this RPG like system where you get currency, you buy abilities. You beat up enemies on a field, so it's essentially this just spread out a bit more thin. And even that mode, I played it for a bit and was like, oh, "Okay, this is kind of neat and novel. I'm just gonna go back to the regular game." Well, and like the equivalent mode in in Blaze Blue, which is like I forget, like a abyss of abyss the... mode. Yeah, yeah, abyss mode. But I mean, like in that, you got like special abilities, right? You could get like life steal or like extra meter gain or like certain, you know, you could get special abilities and not just like more HP and more damage, and that's all you ever get in in yeah, Dragon that... Ball. Yeah, that's all I ever saw. Like, there was some stuff like, oh, you get, like, a bit more currency or something like that, but it's negligible. Yeah, nothing that actually seems to affect the gameplay, which is, if you want to do that kind of stuff, you need to... It, it, all, it, all that happens is that sometimes fights take longer or take less long, depending on your stats. It never actually affects your play. 
Yeah, yeah. So. So, how did you enjoy the lobby system? I know that we're gonna have we're gonna have a little bit of a disagreement on this one. I think it's really bad. Um, I think, like I I appreciate what they were going for to an extent, but I think the fact that there is no main menu in this game is really obnoxious. I think the fact that you have to load into a lobby to do anything, even if you just want to go into training mode or do the story, is really dumb. I think, like, I just don't understand why they feel like we need this. It's, it's you know, I I used the lobby system some in, like, Blaze Blue, but as a thing that you opt into, it's it's kind of fine. As a thing that you're forced into, I just don't get it. Okay, so... He, like, I don't necessarily enjoy it, but I figure I I have some ideas why they'd want to do this. Um, so for those who don't know, the lobby system in this uh, game is essentially the arcade lobby from Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear, where you have this little avatar that goes around and can challenge people to play them. But also, because you're going into this game space lobby, that's also where all... The, the menus are located, so you go to the appropriate NPC uh, and talk to them to play training mode, to play local battle, to play story, arcade, online, basically everything is done through that. So it's like logging into an MMO lobby, almost. Um, one th- One reason I think they're forcing this onto people is because BlazBlue at least had this issue of if you wanted to play online, you played... Um, either ranked or private matches or the arcade lobby. Mm. So you would have this setup of your players are going to three separate places. Too many hoppers. So too many hoppers, and you would then be you. You would have the situation of, oh, I'm gonna play, you know, uh, player match. Oh, I can't find any hosted room. I guess I'm just gonna try and see if there's anything in arcade lobby. Oh, there's nothing in arcade lobby. Maybe there's something now in player matches. Let me just go back there. So you have like people kind of like you have your user base kind of broken up, and it leaves this perception like nobody's ever online. Uh, so I think they wanted to combat that because if you have these lobbies, then you'll always see people, even if they're playing arcade or training or whatever, because their avatar is in a certain place. It gives you the perception of, um, oh, this game is active. And because so many PS4s are connected online, if you just make it like this default thing, um, like like usually how games as a service do it, like if you look at, I don't know, the Division and things like that, where you have persistent worlds, even though they kind of fragment like like people, because, because like, you know, per instance, you still have this perception of, oh, there are other players here, this game is active. So I think that's the main reason they wanted to do it, to combat the perception of, People are not active, and if we keep people at the same place, then maybe they're encouraged to do specific things more. Hmm. Okay, that makes a kind of sense. I I don't think it's ideal. I I wonder if people will actually get used to it down the line because I personally prefer menus because when I play a game, I like like a fighting game. I specifically know what I want. Hmm. Um, and it'll be either I'm gonna go in training mode and queue up for something while I'm training. Or I'm going to go to the arcade lobby specifically to play, you know, with people. I can rematch and things like that. Sure. But because, so so that's, for, for me it's not a problem, but I can see, like, from their perspective and from, you know, the regular gamer's perspective, it's kind of like, okay, I'm here, um, everything is within arm's reach of me, so I can just, like, do whatever. And then other people see other people walking around, and you're like, oh, okay, I can probably find someone to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. We'll see how it goes. I'm not surprised they did it because they've been kind of building up, building upon this system for quite a few games, and it's the same way they've kind of been building up their visuals, um, you know, across several games. Like they started, I think they started making an effort to improve the, uh, their 3D art, like 2000. Five six ish, so even like even though Guilty Gear was the biggest jump, they've kind of been upgrading that for years, and now they have the arcade lobby which they've been upgrading for years. So that's just like I think how they roll, and it's probably gonna be here to stay. 
Sure. And and you know, I will give them give them some credit as far as the implementation of the lobby system. Like I uh in Blaze Blue, my lobby avatar is uh Tarumi with bunny ears because I didn't care and that was easy to do. Um in Dragon Ball, one of my first drops as far as lobby avatars because there's there's a loot bot system, but it's really not a big deal. I've I can't imagine anyone actually being like, oh, I need to spend more money on this on this loot crate system. It really isn't a problem. Um, and one of my first drops was Baseball Yamcha, and I have never been quite so delighted with a lobby avatar. I'm having a good time with my, my little little baseball chump. It's a good time. Yeah, I, I, I was rocking Chao Tzu because I got him early until I got something I actually liked. Ah, psychological um, but... warfare. You just wanted to traumatize yeah. people. Exactly. No, Chaozu was. It looks very traumatizing. Like he's the same size as all the other avatars. And uh, oh man, this is kind of neither here nor there. But I don't know if I can go through this entire podcast without mentioning the way we learned that Chaozu is a full screen unblockable. Uh, when uh, we were playing with our friend Connor, and you tried to, you know, with Tien, you tried to do the Chaozu super, which, of course, sum- uh, summons Chaozu, who leaps on their back and then, you know, self-destructs. Um, and it sort of flies across the screen in a line. And Connor was ready for it and did a vanish attack to dodge it and still got hit. And then we just all lost our minds. It was pretty outrageous. It's... That that is the like that's the only reason I'm trying to kind of like play Tian here and there because that super is just hilarious and I feel horrible for laughing at it every time. Half the reason you're laughing is because you basically always get away with it. <laughs> it's like I just want to explain. Like when I bought this game, I, I was just going to do this mini tangent. When I bought this game, I was going through every character and going through the move list, and when I got to Tian. I was going through the move list, and the super said, Farewell, Tian. And I was like, no, they didn't. They couldn't have done this. Like, would they really? And then when I did it, and when you see Tian's reaction, like the scream of horror, yelling no, and then getting upset, I was just, wow. Like, they they genuinely thought of everything for this game. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing the lengths they went to. Uh, there's yeah. a there's a special super uh, you know there's a special super for Frieza when you you can activate his golden Frieza power up and then eventually it runs out and he sort of like collapses from the exertion and there's a secret super you can do by holding down a button as your golden Frieza ends which is an exact copy from the show where his assistant then just like leans from in in from off screen and shoots a laser. Oh my god. It's the the I yeah. <laughs> the attention to detail is unreal. So Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um so we wanted to just quickly go over some DLC announcements that we saw um mm-hmm. before we close this off. Um so Bro Bro Brawley, Broly, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um I, 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 I usually hear Broly, yeah. Broly. The, the the meme scion, the one that has this maximum power or whatever, um, he's been announced, and a Bardock, a.k.a. Goku's dad, has been announced. I don't really know much about any of these characters. I am not surprised Broly is there, because everything I've seen about Dragon Ball always seems to put him in. Yeah. Um, it just... Like his body proportions just like freak me out. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Like this game is anime, but you know, even Cell has like normal proportions. Even like Majin Buu has reasonable proportions, and then you have Broly, which is just like this life-filled body with a tiny Ken head. Yeah, his art looks a little bit. He doesn't look quite as disturbing in his in-game model as some of the official art of of, of Broly. Um, I don't know. I, I have maybe some hope for Broly. Maybe, uh, I'm really concerned that Bar- Bardock is just gonna be another Goku, Goku number four. Um, which makes me unhappy because I was already talking earlier about how I feel like the roster doesn't have the variety I would have wanted. But now you can play Bardock, Goku, and Gohan, and have. The granddad, the dad, and the son. 
And if I play adult Gohan, then I could do my level three and I could bring Goten in as well. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if, no, there's no way they will, but it would be really neat if, so if you have Goku on your team and you do the level three super, Goku will join in. It'd be really neat if once they add Bardock, Bardock would also join in, but there's no way. Well, we'll see. Maybe they will. Um, but yeah, the other characters, there's this like semi-reliable league that's been going online. I don't usually trust these, but right now, uh, it's suggesting that season one characters will be, and this is me reading it off the line, uh, normal Goku, normal Vegeta, Vegito, Vegito Blue, Merge Zamasu, Android 17, and Cooler. Mm-hmm. And this is from a source that previously leaked info for Soul Calibur 6, which was confirmed true, so people have some trust of this, but, you know, obviously not official, not confirmed. Yeah, however, this list makes a lot of sense to me, uh, simply because almost all of these, like, a good chunk of these characters are already in the game at some capacity, because... You know, normal Goku, normal Vegeta, they're probably going to have the same uniform as, you know, Super Saiyan Goku and Super Saiyan Vegeta. Um, they're going to have different animations and moves if, you know, the different Goku versions are anything to go by, but that's still a good chunk of work done for them. Mm-hmm. And then Merge Zamasu uh, would make sense because they already have regular Zamasu uh, as in some of Goku Black's moves, so... And I, from what I've seen of artwork, Merge Zamasu looks fairly similar to Zamasu. Like, it looks more like Zamasu than Goku Black. Yeah. Um, there are story spoilers for Dragon Ball Super as far as what his deal is, and I won't reveal those. Um, but yeah, I think that's... yeah. Yeah, and then Android 17 is, you know, already there as Android 18's, like, buddy. Puppet character, Which is almost. really... Yeah. Yeah, which is really weird, because, like, then if you're playing 18 and 17, then what happens? Like, if you have those two characters. I don't know. And I, I, it'd be interesting if they did something different with it, but I, I'm betting they won't. Um, and, I mean, there's the stuff, like, if you do Android uh, eight, Android 18's uh, level 3 super with Krillin on your team, Krillin subs in. Um, there's stuff like that in the game. So I wonder if they would sub someone else out, but I don't, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a good trick of characters that are already in the game in some capacity, so... And then Cooler, who is a, another movie. Frieza, basically. So. Yeah, but he look, he looks more like classic... Like, like not classic, but like l- lower form Frieza. Like, it doesn't true. look like perfect Frieza, right? Well, they might be doing the, like, the, the, like, the Robo Cooler. Ah, okay. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe. And then there was a little, there was a leak for, from the same source for Season 2, because apparently they're playing Season 2, which for me makes sense because the game did already so well, they will probably, and it's, it's, it did so well and it's already set up as this kind of service game, uh, with the whole lobby and online thing, so I assume it's going to go several seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tapion and Gogeta, I have no clue who Tapion is. Um... Yeah, me Master either. Roshi and Viddle with the Great Saiyan Man. Uh, these are two I'm actually very excited for, if it's true. Raditz and Zarbon, no clue who Zarbon is, and Kaba with Kale and Caulifia. Caulifla. Caulifla. So those are all uh, those, those those last two, like Kaba and Kale Caulifla, are uh, super characters. Um, Zarbon yeah. is one of the members of Frieza's uh, army, so he's. He's fine. You could add him. He'd yeah. be okay. Um, I hope this is true because really my only request for DLC was Kale and Cauliflower. It would be weird to me if Kale was the main character with Cauliflower backing her up because that's kind of the reverse of their dynamic in the show. Cauliflower is definitely like, is kind of like the big new character from the latter half of uh, of Super. And it'd be really strange for her to be an assist character, but yeah, what do I know? Um, I but... mean, I'm gl- I'm glad Master Roshi is in and the Great Saiyaman in some capacity, mm-hmm. um, but I also really want uh, uh, Mister Satan 
and hopefully I get that. I don't. Day. You can't do Mr. Satan. You really just can't. You can. If you could do Yamcha, you could do Mr. Satan. Yamcha, there's a way to take, like, they portray Yamcha fairly seriously. Um, not, like, in his personality, but, like, they represent his move list. It's like, there was a point where Yamcha was a serious threat. There was a point where Yamcha was a villain of an arc, and he was threatening. Mr. Satan was never at any point in Dragon Ball threatening, and to put him in, he would have to be a joke character. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I still want him in. <laughs> Just give him a gun, that's what he do- does. There's an old... There's an old Dragon Ball fighting game for the PlayStation 1 where the final... It has all the characters up to the end of Z. Like, it's ridiculous. It has a ridiculous roster. It was still a bad game. uh, But it's a 2D fighter. And the final unlockable character is Mr. Satan. And basically what they did was they gave him a backpack which was full of weapons. So instead of a key blast, he would throw hand grenades at you and then, you know, use a gun and all sorts of other ridiculous stuff to make him quote-unquote playable. Mm -hmm. So they can just do that here. Just, just, you know, he can do that. uh, His super dramatic finish can, can be when he pulls out a gun and shoots a guy. Like, I think he tried to shoot Majin Buu or something like that. Uh, and then somebody else actually hit Majin Buu, even though uh, it looked like Hercule or Satan was shooting at him. There's a lot of ways you can make it work. Colin. Yeah, I don't. I you know, I'm not gonna throw a fit personally. I don't want it. Um, but speaking of not throwing a fit, but personally not wanting it. So okay, let's count right. If you count the fused forms, the DLC adds three new Goku's. Three new Vegetas and Bardock, who is basically another Goku. So that would bring us yeah. to to what to seven Gokus and five Vegetas. Yeah, and you can have that means you can have a full match, three on three, where everybody's a Goku but not the same Goku. It's disappointing to me. Yeah, it is. I don't like it uh, uh, either, and it's it's. I'll stop making fun of Blaze Blue's obsession of having 50 versions of Noel after this because this is already overboard. Okay, well, maybe there's something good to come out of this, right? I, I, I am the person who gets defensive every, when someone, every time someone says seven Noels, and I'm like, well, listen, they're really different. Well, well if, they're, if, they're, if, if they. If Goku Black and Goku Regular and. Um, Goku Blue or anything to go by, they play fairly differently. They have the very distinct tools. I think Goku Blue sucks. I think they did a bad job with Goku Blue. His uh, supers look cool as hell, but like his normal gameplay, I think, is kind of shallow and boring. Um, regular Goku, they did a surprising like. Sorry, not regular Goku. That's coming in the, the DLC. Um, Super Saiyan Goku. Yeah, Super Saiyan. You know, two Goku is pretty cool. They did a pretty cool job with his move list. I was surprised how much their Ryu is fun. Um, and then Vegeta is this weird, like, is the one, like, true kind of assist character in the game, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should have more faith in them, but it worries we'll me. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be fine, I'm sure. As long as we don't get Dragon Ball GT characters, it'll be fine. Mm, I think that's isn't Gogeta from GT? Is no, he's he's not. Okay, he he was in GT, but he was he did not debut there. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I thought yeah, Vegeta and Gogeta were both from. Oh God, we're we're going into Dragon Ball lore. Let's like like pull back um, <laughs> and wrap this up. I want like I want to go into Dragon Ball lore. All right, fair but enough. Yeah, oh, Overall impressions, I'm really happy with the game. I don't think I'm gonna like fully switch to it. I'm I'm still more I have more fun with Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear because I don't like assist based games, but this is pretty fun. I rec I am more inclined to recommend this than Tekken Seven because at least this has a tutorial. Um if you're new to fighting games, but it is a very, very fast paced, uh, flashy game, so yeah. It's yeah. still difficult to get into. I think I think the problem you, you face right now is the one you face with almost any fighting game, which is how quickly people online get good at this game and become scary. 
but I think this game, more than most others, has the player base of of people who are passionate but not, like, super scary, you know, like, hardcore fighting game players that, you know, just a random person who wants to pick the game up can have a good time, and I think it's really worth giving it a shot. Yeah, there are enough people uh, playing this game that it has has basically the advantage of Street Fighter where you will likely get paired up with someone you can win against. Mm-hmm. And hey, if, if you can't win anything else, you just play against me, and I'll do a Kamehameha, and I'll accidentally hit the PlayStation button, and you'll have three seconds to combat me. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway, th- thank you all for watching, and you can follow us on Twitter. I am at MDK2, that's MDK Roman numerals 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at 6 Detmar. Yeah, we, we, you updated your uh, Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. People who are listening to the old episode are going to be so disappointed when they can't find you. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I know there are so many people that were, were looking me up based on that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can ask us stuff. We can cover different topics. We can like answer your questions on future podcasts or on social media. Uh, we'll probably be covering more general topics again next time. I don't know if we'll talk about a specific game. Mm-hmm. Unless something really new and shiny comes out. But yeah. Have fun, uh, and see you later. Peace out.